This is a Podcat Nation production. Welcome to Sainted Love, the podcast about belief, culture, morality, philosophy, and all the messy parts of religion and spirituality. I'm Nick Andrews. I'm Kiyomi Hori. And I'm Olivia Bomberchuk. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Doing all right. Yeah. It's been like a weirdly busy week. Very. How about you? I heard you're eating some hot peppers this morning. Oh, yeah. I uh, <laughs> have a little balcony garden and I bought a new pepper plant. And I was like, oh, this is cute. They're just little tiny bell peppers. Aww. I'd be like, that should have clued me in, to be honest. Little purple peppers. But I was like, purple things can't hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, pl- I picked one and I took a big bite of it. And I honestly thought I was going to die right then and there. It was <laughs> so hot. The website that I found says that it's supposed to be medium heat. But I... I'm super white. <laughs> so it was not medium heat for me. Nope. It was like, I thought it was, my esophagus was on fire for like a half an hour. So that was fun. Mm. Sweet dummy. Yeah. Bless. Purple things can't hurt you. Purple things can't hurt you. <laughs> things. Heard it here first. It's a vicious lie. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out purple things can hurt you. <laughs> well, on that note, should we get into it? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we should start with what is religion? Somebody think? phone in, tell us, because we're confused. Yeah, <laughs> somebody can imagine. The lines are open. <laughs> Here's the thing. We've talked about what is religion. It's that broad statement that I think about it, and the more I think about it, I don't, I don't know how to put that into words. It is just something that exists in our lives, whether or not it's in the forefront of your personal life or something that you see in the world around you, but I don't mm. know how to put it into words. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of like discussion between experts about what is and is not religion. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can give you a dictionary definition. Ooh. Yeah, hit us. So this is a uh, 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 Oxford. Uh, it says the belief in and worship of superhuman controlling power, especially a personal god or gods, which is right, but it's I find that lacking. That's a personal bold choice of words. That. Yeah, that feels, I feel like, too broad. That's almost too open to interpretation, and not even interpretation that's too open to people being awful about it. And I'm like, if you take that definition, I'm like, Nick, you're a Marvel household, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. What religion are you? Marvel. (laughs) You're a Captain America worshiper. Sure. I mean, that's not wrong, though. Right? (laughs) You are a, a Marvel religion. You're like, like, head deity. Captain America. <laughs> right, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, yeah. that definition definitely seems like too open, mm-hmm. too broad. Mm-hmm. Like, but also, I, I find it like, both correct. too broad. I find it and too not broad, broad but also not broad enough. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, because there's certainly a number of behaviors that we could refer to as religious practice that don't fall under that definition. But there's also a number of behaviors and practices that would fall under that definition, but we don't totally. consider religious. Well, and like, I know this is probably part of my own upbringing too, but like it's a term we use like idolatry, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, and idolatry, not necessarily just meaning like 
here's an idol. It's a statue of something or someone that you're going to worship. But like modern idolatry, and those would be look at like celebrities and things like that. And yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially as just as our society becomes aggressively modern and so reliant on technology, the terminology that we use for religion, say 200 years ago, now as language evolves, has different meanings as well, mm. where exactly idolatry is something that we think of mostly in a pop culture sense now. Okay. As opposed to right. the origins of that terminology. Mm-hmm. Madonna versus golden calf. Or Madonna versus Madonna. Madonna versus Madonna. <laughs> Madonna versus, versus Ma- the Madonna. Madonna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting how language continues to evolve. It makes it harder to actually use language in a practical way. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's part of the, the part of the problem is religion is in large part about trying to describe the indescribable i got shivered and so using using language to try and describe something that we can only describe from our perspective that's a very very difficult Mm -hmm. perspective to try and take languages are all lacking in that department because there's no way to use a language to describe something that is without description yeah exactly that yeah yeah it's interesting i i found the Wikipedia entry on religion, you know, very reliable source. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but the definition they use, I actually think is a lot better. Um, so they describe religion as social cultural system of designated behaviors and practices, morals, beliefs, worldviews, texts, sanctified places, prophecies, ethics, or organizations that relates humanity to supernatural, transcendental, and spiritual elements. And then it says there's no scholarly consensus over what precisely constitutes religion. I like that. So the people whose jobs it is to describe what it is religion are not agreeing with each other about what that means. Yeah, because I guess on on one hand, you can say that religion is like the organization, right? It's like that's how some people, like for a lot of people, a religion, right, is an organization, right? Whether that's a denomination of Christianity, like Sikhism, um, Islam, you know, like it's there's an organization and the structure that goes along with that. But, you know, for a lot of people, you know, present company included or not, like the organization isn't necessarily there for a lot of people. Sure. Yeah. You can still have the the faith and all of the like ideologies and things like that without the structure of an, you know, the human beings. The human error being like, we're creating this thing and this is how this is how we've interpreted it, so how we go versus just doing it on your own. So let, let me ask you this, ties, tying into what you're saying. <laughs> Do you make a distinction between the people who follow religion, the adherents of the religion, and the institution or organizational aspects of the religion itself? Do you think those are separate, connected, both? Like a little bit of both, you know? Like Kind of I a think, loaded question. But. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, personally, like, I see it a little as both, for sure. sure. Like, you know, and I, again, this, this is, I'm, I'm speaking to everybody. It's completely brand new. But like, this, right, for some people, both the internal belief and the faith are intrinsically tied to the organization and the institution. And for some people, they're completely separate. And so that that internal belief can go anywhere, whether it's within an organization, an institution, or, you know, just living on a remote island by themselves and still having that same faith and experience. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If I can piggyback on your question, Nick, um, there's also just the, are religion, faith, and spirituality the same thing? Are they different things? Do they Mm -hmm. overlap in some Venn diagram where there's aspects that... Yeah. 
because Mm -hmm. exactly Mm -hmm. having a host of worship does not necessarily define religion at all. Mm -hmm. You can define as a Christian person and never go to church in your life, but still hold that faith. You can, as I've learned just from talking to the both of you, you Mm. can grow up Catholic, learn more about the world and yourself, decide that that is not where your view sets are, but apparently still be in the Catholic church because of, you know, sign up sheets. I don't know how it works. I did not grow up with religion. It's not clear. Sign up sheets. It's, It's a complicated just overlap of where does one concept end? Where does the other begin? Mm-hmm. How do they mm-hmm. overlap? Can they exist without each other? Can they exist with each other? Totally. And like, that's exactly what apparently what my theme today is just people have different beliefs and thoughts and feelings about this stuff. So let's talk about all of them, which I guess is why we're here. Exactly. But yeah, exactly that question, right? Can religion face spirituality? Are they the same? Are they separate? And like, I don't think there is an answer to that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think the answer to that's going to be different to everybody. Exactly. People be like, I don't go to a church. I wouldn't identify as any particular denomination or specific faith, but I am religious. And somebody who believes all the exact same things will say, well, I'm not religious. I'm just spiritual. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, do, do you think that people can be religious or spiritual, but without being religious? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And I, I suppose my answer would be that depends on how you're defining religion and spirituality, yeah. of course. But um, but there's certainly a lot of people who describe themselves as spiritual but not religious. would also like to throw down a bold provocation that you could also potentially say that someone could be religious and not be spiritual. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've heard of people who describe themselves that way. Mm-hmm. They're, again, depending on how you're defining religious. I find that more and more so as people are... Honestly, a thing that I'm noticing as we are coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic is that people are more and more likely to start describing themselves as spiritual as they've maybe just had a lot of time by themselves and have kind of just gotten to be in their heads and think about what's important to them. But specifically people of our generation and generations younger are more and more hesitant to use the term religion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Because of what it is meant and the damage of some mm-hmm. religions have done. Piggybacking off of that a little bit, people define themselves more as like spiritual naturalists too. And that doesn't necessarily mean like we found God, right? But like you found a connection to something more than you. Mm-hmm. Which I think of a yeah. large part is how you could really simplify any form of religion, right? Is like a sure, connection yeah. to something that is more than you. Mm-hmm. And you being like, you know, just I don't know. I was I was I was gonna oversimplify myself, but yeah. No, I like that. Yeah, I do too. Religion is like obviously it's a very old concept, but but it possibly depending on how you're defining it, may predate humanity as we know it, predate mm-hmm. modern day humans. They have found evidence of what could be considered religious practices um surrounding usually around burials or hunting and that kind of thing. And of course religion has evolved over time mm-hmm. and is still evolving. So I guess for, like for me, when I hear people saying, well, I'm spiritual, but not religious. Well, it's like, okay, but maybe we just shift our definition of religious. You don't adhere to these religions because many religions have a lot of bad stuff associating with them, of course, but the practices and beliefs that you hold could be considered religious at the same time. Yeah. And I also think that, I think a lot of people are abandoning the concept of religion, not because they no longer believe those things, but because they don't want to associate with the institution itself, which is absolutely fair. Um, uh, But I also think that there's, I think generally speaking, we have a lack of religious literacy 
mm-hmm. especially in the West. We have, mm-hmm. I think there's so many people who, even people, if we narrow it down to Protestant Christianity, there's so many people who consider themselves Protestant Christians who really don't know basic, basic <laughs> Bible stories and, and concepts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it blows our mind. Same within the Catholic Church and within mm-hmm. various let alone, oh my god sorry i'm just very heated about this <laughs> <laughs> but they don't know what what their own religion purports to believe let alone other religions oh totally and like this is an extreme example to use and like we don't like to talk about this person in our house but like we can call him 45 right yeah. like sure mm-hmm. yeah tom cruise <laughs> i've watched them because i'm just funny because people are so stupid like the rallies right and where they talk to them and then start spouting like the religious reasons for why this and this and this and the reporters are all very like they're usually like the tongue-in-cheek kind of reporters that are like we're going here because we're going to make fun of these people and asking them like loaded prodding questions based on faith and spirituality and religion and how they don't know how to back themselves up with their own faith it's wild. It's wild and very scary. Exactly that. It's also scary. Mm-hmm. Or something that's just meant to give somebody solace and peace of mind has become weaponized. I guess that's for me, as somebody who is no longer a, formally a part of any religion, I, I am also not willing to wholesale write off religion because I think even though people rightly state that religion has been the impetus for atrocity after atrocity after atrocity there's a whole lot of bad shit that has happened because of in the name of religion rather yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there's also a whole lot of amazing beautiful things that have happened and been constructed and have art that's been yeah. constructed motivations for people that have been religious based that's i i it's way more complex than we want it to be it's not mm-hmm. wholesale bad or good religion is this may shock you like many things in humanity is a lot more complex and nuanced yeah and that's just so quintessential of human nature to want to simplify things to good versus bad because it's easier than doing that deep dive into exactly how you feel about anything Mm -hmm. because nothing is as simple as black and white exactly exactly yeah right yeah a lot of people are so quick to write off again like i wouldn't find myself as religious either um but many people are so quick to write off religion as a whole Mm -hmm in general of exactly that there's so many terrible things done in the name of religion um and then that's all you hear they're like religion is bad because look at abcd if i may i feel like it's important to point out now that we fully stand by and see and understand people who suffer religious trauma we are not Mm -hmm. saying that how they feel about religion and their negative views towards it are invalid or without no. basis. Oh, of course. Yeah. Just felt like that needed to be yeah. said quick before we go into a deep dive about polarities of people's views. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And like, we'll be the first to say like, like I'm a victim of religious trauma. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that though. But yeah, cause, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, definitely don't want to imply that because I definitely would not um, ever imply that. So I feel like all three of us could definitely exist on that spectrum of like, not for me, not great, Bob. Don't want to hear yeah. about this. And yet here <laughs> yeah. we are talking and about it. Here we are talking about it. Certainly, as as people who are queer growing up in or with proximity to very conservative movements mm. in specific religions, we I think we're all well acquainted with uh, the idea of religious trauma and have 
either experienced it ourselves or certainly know people who have it's it's real and it's not not something that should be taken lightly so thank you yeah thank you for bringing that up i think it's important to also address that religion is very 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 diverse and even mm. even if you narrow it down let's say like let's just narrow it down to to Catholicism, mm -hmm. which is a specific Christian denomination, has specific set of doctrines and beliefs and and rituals. Within the Catholic Church, there is a huge spectrum of diverse opinions and ideas and approaches and interpretations. And the same is true of any religion. Mm -hmm. And even if you narrow it down to a more conservative congregation or a more progressive congregation, within those congregations, there's going to be internal diversity. Yeah. I think that's really important to note because it's just like any other institution. Everybody has a different way of looking at things and a different way of approaching things. And to say that all people in this religion feel this way or all people in this religion are violent or are peaceful or are whatever yeah exactly it, it's it's not only dishonest i actually think it's quite dangerous extremely it's the idea that at this point as a civilization we still haven't figured out that painting anything as a monolith is harmful is beyond me mm -hmm. yeah absolutely all cats are bastards not necessarily true well <laughs> just kidding guys <sighs> More our of a cat dog is beautiful guy, but, but... That was the example I chose to use. <laughs> Your cat is beautiful, but she's also not not a bastard. It's true. Claire's a little bit of an asshole. Oh, speaking of bastard animals. <laughs> yeah. My dog's losing her shit. So um, I, I think I know the answer to this, but do you either of you consider yourselves religious at all? Um, I did not grow up with religion whatsoever. I grew up in the interior of British Columbia, where the, for lack of a better terminology that I would love to be corrected on if anybody has a better term for it, the like, very extreme sects of Christianity exist in full force. So religion was always a big, scary, monolithic danger for me. Sure. It was never a thing that had any appeal. It was never a form of solace. It was never anything that, you know, felt like there was something missing like that's never been it for me i know now as i've weirdly had a lot of interaction with the united church since i started dating Guillaume, understand that to be incorrect and i'm aware that religion is not just that in fact that's a very very small part of it but that is definitely still in the back of my head every time i think about do i have a religious point of view where like maybe i would describe myself as spiritual but there is still that like amount of trauma and programming that exists right. in the back of my head Right. Now we're here to talk through it. <laughs> now we're here. This whole podcast is just us unpacking our, our hangups. Right. We can't afford therapy. And so instead, we're here talking about it on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I would not currently describe myself as religious um, in any way. Um, like, spiritual light. <laughs> but like, Okay. Spirit, light spiritual agnosticism. That sounds like a new religious movement. Maybe I start one. <gasps> I love it. But I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist church. And like when I was a kid, it was fine. <laughs> right? It was like, fine. It wasn't until I was like older than 10, essentially, that I started like questioning things. And those questions were always met with, well, this is how it is. Because it's true. Sure. You know? Yeah. yeah, like a pretty like a pretty conservative denomination of uh, Christianity. Funny that we're here now talking about this because like 
I remember growing up and not this exact phrasing, but essentially being like, in terms of like Christianity, we're as far removed from Catholicism as you can possibly get. I find that so fascinating. So fat, the most Protestant. It's a competition. <laughs> it's fine. It's so funny to me because I grew up Catholic mm-hmm. and interactions I've had with kind of evangelical Protestants have been very like Catholicism barely counts or doesn't count as Christianity. Whereas like growing up in the Catholic church, they're just kind of like, oh yeah, Protestants are there. They're also Christians, but they're different. Like there was just, it was just kind of like an indifference. Yeah. That was not always the case, clearly. Yeah. Like there's literal, literal wars over which one's right, but. Exactly. Right. And like with Adventism, like the idolatry thing that we've brought up already mm-hmm. is like, that's a big thing. And mm-hmm. like Adventists mm-hmm. would look at Catholicism and be like big friggin idolaters idolaters i don't know but because of like the saints and the amount of like iconography and the gilded worship spaces to where it's like mm, idols you know that was sort of how it was that's how catholicism was taught to us as children so that's interesting <laughs> if i can pick in mm. with just something that i find really interesting about your upbringing is that you grew up seventh day adventist because in your household your mother was seventh day adventist but your father was like buddhist my father, my, my dad um, self-identifies as atheist, mm-hmm. and his parents were Japanese Buddhists. Mm-hmm. And, and he's extremely science-based. And he's extremely science-based. So, like, I don't think he ever, like, he was never practicing Buddhist, because they just really didn't. Like, my, I think my grandparents were Buddhist by, like, the fact that they were, my grandma, the baby's, like, first-generation Japanese immigrant. Um, so they were Buddhist by, like, tradition. Um my dad weirdly spent more time in Christian churches as a child than anything else, just because of like daycare and Boy Scouts. And so I think yeah, largely, right. I could be wrong, but probably largely Catholic. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But he never identified as such. I never, but never went through any of the sacraments never or anything went like that. Any yeah. of that kind of stuff too. And like, as an adult is like very science-based, like mm-hmm. all of his education and work mm-hmm. has been in different sciences and as an atheist. And I believe in aliens. Yeah. Bless him. Right. It's just like very interesting to me that two very, very separate and different ideologies can exist under one household and coexist in such a beautiful that is way. Interesting, yeah. It is interesting, yeah. Like I don't know, like Nick pipe in too, if this is something that you were also taught because I feel like it's taught in many different denominations of like the equally yoked. Equally yoked. Okay. So not like isn't egg yolks because that's the question everyone always I has. Figured, yeah, <laughs> immediately. Yeah, okay. yeah, I figured one of you would. I saw it happen <laughs> in my eyes. But um, like a yoke, Y O K E, as in like the essentially the big wooden harnesses that like farm cattle would wear, and so you would hook up two cattle, and it's like a like a hook you put around their neck with the thing so that they can pull tractors and things like that for agriculture use. Very like primitive farming. This was and, like pre-industrial revolution. Oh yeah, mostly. And so it's a big, it's a wooden structure that it's essentially kind of like, oh, what's the thing that they would put like criminals and bad guys in the middle of the court square? Oh, oh um, stocks. I think yes. it's called. It's just, so essentially it's like a stock, but you you would put your cattle in it so they could go out and work together. But in order for it to be effective, the cattle need to be like the same kind of cattle, the same size kind of thing. Otherwise, it's going to be all off kilter. And so that was a metaphor essentially that was used for marriages is that in marriage you should be equally yoked which in a lot of ways we do look at in different we define things differently and like you should have the same belief systems 
maybe of different, like you have the same political ideologies, the same ideas in terms of like up, having or upbringing children, the same beliefs on, you know, which is still stuff we yeah. do, but the idea that it was like brought down even more than equally yoked as in like, you should be the same religion. It, it's an interesting thing because on the one hand you see where they're coming from like you should oh, yeah. be kind of like mm-hmm. you should more or less be on the same page with things right have discussions about the important things right if you disagree on everything maybe this is not correct but a lot of uh, religions put it more or less even as a doctrine um like the catholic church you're now at least are allowed to marry outside of the catholic church but to have a catholic wedding you need to basically sign an agreement that you're going to raise the children as Catholic. Right. Yeah, I don't think definitely like weddings don't apply the same way with like the Adventists that like so this is this is gonna sound like a big digression. So baptism, right? A lot of churches do like the infant baptism. Um, Adventists are one of the few that don't do infant baptism. They do baptism by immersion. Um which I think is essentially like what a lot of other Christians do, like with um, uh, sex with letter C. When you're like 13 or so, and you read confirmation, confirmation which is like the which, from my understanding, is like reconfirming yeah. of the oath that your parents took for you when you were baptized as a baby. Yeah. But Adventists yeah. don't do that. They're like, no, 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 you're a baby you can't, um, you know, consent to being baptized. So you have to make decisions on your own when you're older. Sure. So I was baptized at the, you know, incredibly consensual age of nine when I was fit to make that decision. (laughs) But you are meant to make that decision on your own time. So you don't get baptized until you're older. But as a baby, you have baby dedications. And essentially what parents will come in when their baby is usually under the age of one. And they'll bring the baby in. And there will be a small, like, ceremony situation, usually during a church service where the baby is dedicated to the church and to God. And that's essentially like the parents oath that they will teach their child and bring their child up in the faith with all these beliefs and the church, much like at a confirmation or other like things like that with other churches, the church also agrees is also saying that we will also help support these parents and this child in their like spiritual walk. But the baby still has to be baptized later. Olivia was making faces there. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia was making like, quite a set of faces. <laughs> she looked disturbed by the notion. But uh, it's 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 about affirming these are our beliefs. You are our community, and you, the community will help us to raise our child in this set of beliefs. It's a it's. I think it's actually kind of a nice way of looking at it's it. Like the religious bogo. I want to get one free. A kind, I guess. <laughs> Religious BOGO. Religious Are there aspects of religion either that you were a part of or that you have come into contact with or whatever? Are there aspects of any religions that you that you see as important to yourself that maybe surprised you that you didn't think would be important to you? Ritual. Ritual, weirdly, growing up in the faith that I grew up in, I never considered it to be aggressively ritual because, again, like, boo-boo on the Catholics. <laughs> this is the whole upbringing was like, down with Catholicism, was that there was too much ritual. <laughs> and it was all about this is how we do it versus the actual connection to God. But there was still so much ritual that we never even considered. Sure, yeah. Very church. But 
And then working with in the United Church now too, mm-hmm. again, not actually being a Christian or like a United Church member, but just working for them, being surrounded by that too, a little bit more of that ritual coming back in. And that's one of the things that I do quite enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I like to, and I find myself drawn to in my like own life, whether it's my own spiritual life or not, I enjoy the ritual of something. This is really silly, but I feel like you, you might understand and relate to like coffee. I don't mm-hmm. like make, if I'm making coffee at home, I don't, I never want to make drip coffee. I always want the other making like a French press or a pour over. Not because I'm that something fancy, not right. And not because I'm like, oh, <laughs> it just tastes better. And this is the way I like it. Cause I'll drink coffee anywhere it comes from. It's true. Sure. I've seen it. <laughs> right? Like, I don't care. It's coffee. Put it in my blood. But if I'm making it myself, I enjoy the ritual of grinding mm-hmm. the beans, setting the grinder so that the coarseness is perfect, you know, boiling the water, like even just like putting like sweetener and milk in the cup and setting this up and like pouring it, especially with like pour over, just like watching it all. I enjoy that. Making so, like, a sacrifice. Exactly. Sacrificing the bean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, maybe like a, a silly comparison but i don't think so i think yeah, that's great right that's like and i i find myself enjoying that in a large number of the things that i do is mm-hmm. ritual behavior i think there's um, a couple components to that i think i mean part of it's pro- probably your personality yeah oh yeah but also i think as human beings i think we have a tendency towards ritual whether that is a religious ritual or otherwise we have a we have a tendency toward we like categories we like rituals we like things that are habitual that kind of yeah. thing whether we think about them in those ways or not mm-hmm. i'm totally with you with the ritual thing because i feel the same way and i found myself as i'm getting a little bit older find i like those things more and more those kind of ritualistic things even to the point where for me there's parts of growing up in the church that i still kind of find myself drawn towards. I really like mm. the seasonality of the Catholic church and many other churches. I like that they, the way they've laid it out. I really love Advent. And the reason is I like the things that it symbolizes. I like aspects of hope and of love, all of the things that kind of come with Advent. I find that I like that ritual, even though I don't necessarily believe in the reasons that the Catholic Church does it, I can find reasons for myself to follow a similar pattern. I like the lighting of the Advent wreath. I like the symbolism of the light in the dark, especially around the solstice. Do you want to clarify what you mean? Okay, so Advent is the season leading up to Christmas. So uh, an Advent calendar uh, just demarcates from the first day of Advent until Christmas Eve, basically. Little chocolates. It's a good time. An Advent wreath is like evergreen boughs typically um not these days there's lots of variations on it but mm-hmm. it's um it's a wreath it's usually got four candles traditionally um for the for us growing up three of them were um uh either blue or purple mm. and one was pink yes um and each of the candles represents a week of advent because there's four weeks and each week there's a specific um kind of virtue associated with them that I'm going to totally forget now it's faith uh, hope love, love and joy. joy so you what light one every week um leading up to christmas and it, it's about advent is about anticipation and i like that aspect of it i like the anticipation for something more something better something that will lead us out of this i think there's something very revolutionary in that language mm. if you let it be i yeah. feel the same way about lent lent is the time leading up to easter basically the several weeks leading up to easter and it's a time of and also anticipation, but introspection of mm. looking inward, 
correcting the things about yourself that you that are not great. The, uh, traditionally, sin, cleansing yourself of sin, but but thing, aspects of yourself that maybe need some work, think that yeah. you need to do some repairing or some searching or whatever. Maybe open up the general concepts to like broader spirituality. I think like <laughs> you can apply that stuff. Absolutely. You open it and you take it away from like exactly the like cleansing yourself of sin and like any of that component open it up to like the big picture of what is it looking at i think we can also apply that to the mythologies of different religions and I, i use the term i use the term mythology just to clarify i don't mean stories that are not true i use the term mythology to mean stories that are of import to a certain group but um if we when we use those stories I don't think you need to believe in them as literally true in order to gain some wisdom from them. I think we can use those stories. Like we can use the story of creation and use it as a metaphor for stewardship and for our place in the world and our relationship with the earth. I never thought about that that way. Yeah. We can use the story of Noah's Ark and talk about our place with animals and, and our role in preserving them or whatever, or it's also a story of hope. It's a story about patience. There's a lot of things in Noah's Ark that we can glean from. Allegedly, Moses never existed. Moses wasn't on, I want to clarify, I know that Moses was not part of Noah's Ark. <laughs> Moses was not just, part of I'm Noah's Ark. Saying, you know, like Moses. <laughs> if there's one thing you take away from this podcast, know that Noah and Moses, not on the same boat. Yeah. Right? Different time frames. There's one thing that like we've discussed about this particular Bible story in particular because it's like come up a lot in terms of just like really like queer rights and discussion. We've talked about it a lot. Like, okay, like, like Christians being like, take that for rainbow. Yeah. What I've taken from this story <laughs> specifically is that Noah was the original cat lady. Am I correct? Can you clarify this? <laughs> was like, you know what? There's nothing good out there. I'm gonna find my safe space. I'm gonna collect some animal friends who really understand me. There's definitely cats on that art. So now what I get from that is that Noah was Enya before Enya was Enya. I'm into it. <laughs> I, I mean, I, who am I to say that's wrong? If that's that's the the lesson you took from it is to be a cat lady. That's what I took from that. I don't hate it. So do you see a space for religion in a secular society? Is it just so you can interpret stories as as supporting a cat lady lifestyle? <laughs> Is that the only thing we should be taking from religion? Because <laughs> we should definitely be taking that from religion. In terms of like an intersectional society, where in terms of day-to-day, you're not going up to sing and saying, someone and saying, hello, I'm Nick, former Catholic, current bisexual, nice to meet you. It's, hi, I'm Nick. Nice to meet you. I think just in terms of your day-to-day conduct, whatever you take from your religion, what you take from that and how you live your day-to-day, power to you. It's the weird unspoken details that kind of exist in our day-to-day. Mm-hmm. You know? Kind of to that point, in a, in a real way, there, is, there really isn't any way to extract religion and culture from one another no um because they are so deeply ingrained in one another and to the point where 
certain like Eastern cultures, for instance, are so tied to the religious aspects that it's really hard to distinguish what is simply a cultural practice and what is a religious practice because they're more or less one in the same. It's true. Right? Within our Western society, we have structured the colonial society based almost entirely on Christianity. And so whether or not you consider yourself Christian, you have been influenced by Christianity yeah, within our culture. You two work in classical music. Would that exist without the church. Well, that's a very good point. Our whole field may not even exist in the same way, at least. Exactly. Complicated dynamic. A complicated dynamic. So, well, I mean, whether or not that's a good thing, I don't know. I think it just is, yeah. though. Like you're like planning a vacation to a different country and different culture and whatever, and you're planning out like interesting things to go do and see. You're more likely than not going to go to at least one like religious monument. Sure. So yeah. Right? Being like, here, you're yeah. gonna, we're going to go to this temple here because this temple is like really famous and beautiful for these things. And that's the only reason you're going is that it's beautiful and famous and you just want to be able to see it and experience that beauty in real life. But you're going to go see it. And so, like, yeah, like how tied in with that is just part of like tourism. Yeah. And I also think like if 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 we're to believe in a pluralistic multicultural society, we have to also believe that religion can be a beneficial influence because religion is so tied into culture that you can't have a society that is multicultural without also having a society that is multi-religious. Right. I don't think that's possible personally. And so I think I think if we can find ways to extract the beneficial things from religion and apply it to our own lives, whether we are adherents to that religion or not, I think that I think that's only a good thing, personally. That's a, that's a really good point, because, like, I've heard people or, like, seen people on the internet when they're talking about, like, usually when it's, like, very anti-religion about it. And and this, of course, doesn't apply to everyone, but I've had seen a few different times where people have been talking about this, that when they're going through, like, well, this is what it would look like. To me, it looks like a very Western, whether they like it or not, Protestant, like, whitewashing of culture and religion mm -hmm. to be like we can be multicultural without religion but everything they want to like crumble away we just have white western anglo-saxon but with a hint of like there's still that hint of christianity in the whisper background jesus. Mm -hmm. a whisper of jesus if you will and that's a really dangerous road to go down exactly. like for very obvious obvious reasons yeah, absolutely and they don't necessarily see it that way but i've looked at that and like that's Ooh, do you do you hear what you're saying here? I just feel like if we are blanket statement, no religion, we are writing off entire cultures. We're writing off indigenous cultures. Mm -hmm. Many because many indigenous cultures in North America are very much tied to their spiritual Extreme practices. Scary. Yeah. We're writing off Islam, which has given us many of our greatest thinking minds of huh. mathematics and science in, mm -hmm. in history. Like again. Not religious in any way, but there is like some inherent white supremacy with the way people talk about and being anti-religious. Yeah. Hot take. I'm like, hot take. Kind of like brings us full circle to our first question of what is religion? A thing we still don't have an answer for. And that's kind of the beauty of it. Because I don't, yeah, I don't think there is an answer. No. Um, Jedi's. It's true. <laughs> Jedi's are religion. Let's talk about fake religions. Oh, boy. I mean fictional season. ones. I'm not I don't mean things oh. that you think are fake. Oh yeah. <laughs> just for just to clarify. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, but we should talk about like what people can expect from this season and yeah. from this podcast. Totally. One of the things that you can expect from uh Sainted Love 
is uh, not just listening to uh, these three idiots ramble our thoughts together, but we have a series of exciting and diverse guests that we'll be featuring um, on different episodes about their different religious backgrounds, experiences, where they are now for some just really, really interesting conversations. If you have any uh, recommendations for us as to topics that you're interested in hearing about, feel free to hit us up and follow us on our social media accounts, Twitter, on Instagram and on TikTok at uh, Sainted Love Pod. Do you guys have any uh, recommendations of things? Things? <laughs> what are we listening to? What are we reading? What are we liking? Yeah. Um, what are you into this week? What are you into this week? I'm on day 53 of Duolingo Spanish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to say to our new listeners, to our listeners, because yeah, you don't know us. Olivia and I are engaged to be Cute. to be married. Um, what? And we talked. <laughs> I'm sorry to sorry to break the news, <laughs> um, but we've 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 talked about going on like a, an eventual honeymoon to like Spain or something. It's like we better learn Spanish because people already think I speak Spanish. Um, so I decided just to learn it. So on day 52, 53 of learning Spanish, and we went to your largely uh, Spanish-speaking yes. staff party on the beach. It was outdoors, very COVID-safe, where people were just talking in Spanish because a lot of the company is from Mexico. Mm. And I understood a large amount of the conversations and it was fun. I felt like it was eavesdropping and no one knew. Someday you'll be brave enough to engage as well. One day I'll be like, Hola, como se llama? Mi nombre es Kiyomi. Como estas? That didn't sound unhinged at all. It was no, great. No, definitely felt safe, not breathy. <laughs> Uh, yeah general recommendations i think actually weirdly tying in really well to what we discussed today if you haven't watched sense eight on netflix do Mm. it it's a really good exploration of like what is religion versus spirituality um how they tie into culture how multiculturalism Mm. needs to exist on that colorful schematic otherwise everything just fades into itself and also just the idea of can i trust in my brain can i trust in my heart what am i seeing what can i what is tangible what Mm. do i just have to have faith and belief in it's very cool Mm. it's so gay it's that too yes real gay and sexy (laughs) (laughs) it's a really really excellent show by the wakowskis it's um would recommend would insist on this time. Uh, what about you, Nick? Yeah, what you got for us? Um, I think I'm gonna. What are you doing? What do you like? What am I doing? I've been playing a lot of Stardew Valley. So, <gasps> oh, cute! Um, I do recommend Stardew Valley. Oh. It's just fun. I just like it. It looks adorable. Um, it's super cute, and you can get gay married. So. <gasps> oh, <laughs> the dream. Um, I my other recommendation would be uh, it's a book by a guy named Reza Aslan. Mm. he's a religious scholar who lives in the united states really interesting guy uh but he has a, a couple of books on religion and spirituality the one i want to recommend is called zealot mm. it's a book about the historical person of jesus so if uh, you are uh into history and religion i really highly recommend it it's a really interesting book very really cool, cool. Yeah. i love that you recommended books of video games you recommended a tv show and i recommended people learn spanish <laughs> <laughs> take up a language <laughs> Take a class. Learn about yourself. I'm also on Duolingo, so I'm also on Duolingo. I recently started a new job and have not had time for it. I actually got a notification today with like a crying duo image because oh I've not been on it in 30 days. The saddest can you see it right now? I do. But yeah, on that note, um, you can tune in next week. We'll be putting episodes up every Thursday. Mm-hmm. Some really fantastic guests. We're really excited about. So yes, this is exactly. Great. Well, thanks for thanks for listening.
This is Saint Good Love. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.